Life is full of hardship and every day is a choice, a choice to take action to overcome the adversity. And while I hope here at Mighty Talks that we can help you dive deep into that abyss and come out with the power to exceed your greatest expectations. and welcome to Mighty Talks Podcast. I'm Leslie, and here at Mighty Talks, we're dedicated to providing an outlet, support system, resources, and education to all those suffering from some sort of prolonged physical or emotional pain. Mighty Talks will allow you to bring power back to your life by optimizing overall health and wellness. We are here to live our best life together. No more excuses, no more hiding, and no more suffering. We're here to finally take control, advocate, and allow you to achieve your greatest desires. So join along in conversation, and if you like what you hear, please hit the like and follow button. Hello everybody, it's Leslie here with the Mighty Talks podcast. It's been a while. And I am so happy to be back, but please give me a little bit of grace if I'm a smidge rusty here today. (laughs) And if this is your first time here, welcome. I am so happy that you joined with us. And if you've been here before, well, I am incredibly thankful for your continued presence. And I thought I'd start off by just kind of diving into what my last few months have been like. And if you tuned into my last episode, which I published back in the middle of June, you already probably have an idea of what I've been up to, but I'll give a little refresher and share with you all the details of life, just in case we have some newcomers to the podcast with us today. But on July 21st, I had my hip surgery at Barnes West County in St. Louis, Missouri, with Dr. John Clohissey, who is one of the best hip preservation orthopedic surgeons. And I found out on the latter part of last year, earlier part of this year that I have, it's on both sides, but the left side definitely causes me more issues, um, that I have hip dysplasia, acetabular retroversion, a labral tear, and I have um, a small amount of retroversion in my femur. So Dr. Clohissey did a PAO, which is short for periacetabular osteotomy. And we talked about in the last episode what that was. So if you want to go check out that episode, it goes into detail. And he also did a hip arthroscopy and had a look at my labrum, which did have a tear. So he repaired it using some suture anchors. In addition, I also had some other sources of hip impingement that were contributing to my symptoms. So he did a femoral osteoplasty where they shaved down the head neck junction of the femur to get it to better fit within the hip socket. After that, they tested my hip range of motion in the operating room and I still had some source of impingement at the AIIS, which is short for anterior inferior iliac spine. That's a mouthful. So he also decompressed that area as well. So it was a big day. I was in surgery for, I think, around like four-ish hours. And I don't remember a single thing, thank goodness. Um, All I remember, the last 
thing I said was um, I asked my nurse anesthetist that I would love some Versed, which is an anti-anxiety relaxing medication. She gave it to me. And the only thing I remember after that was opening my eyes and waking up in my hospital room after surgery. So it did its job. I stayed in the hospital for two days and then went on my merry way back home. And by far, I think the worst day for me was post-op day two, no doubt. And that was the day I went home. And I think, I don't wanna speak for him, but I think my husband would agree with the statement of post-op day two being pretty rough. We laugh about it now, but it was definitely a doozy. And I had um, back-to-back appointments with physical therapy and occupational therapy which I had to pass before being able to go home. So that meant I had to pass getting in and out of bed safely. Um, I had to walk with my walker, be able to go up and down stairs with my crutches, getting in and out of the tub with my transfer bench. So by the time I finished that, I was pretty behind on pain medication. Um, And my nurse was waiting to go over discharge instructions for home. So we did all of that, and I was soon on my way to my vehicle, which, oh my gosh, I didn't, I had no idea that getting into a vehicle would be so hard after such surgery. I had no idea, but it was an extremely daunting experience. Um, I then had about an hour drive home, and getting into our house, we have like five or six steps to get into a house. So needless to say, That day was painful. It was exhausting. It was very defeating. I felt weak, tired, emotional, foggy, extreme brain fog. Just just a very overwhelming day. And the first four weeks, I um, pretty much spent most of that time sleeping, eating, doing very basic tasks of living, (laughs) um, doing about five or six uh, physical therapy exercises in bed. And I spent about four to six hours a day in a a machine called a CPM machine. And that pretty much just helped move my leg within a certain safe range of motion. And the amount of things I could do was pretty limited. And that was mainly because I was only allowed to do toe touches on my surgery side. So no weight bearing. And this was really to help protect those new osteotomy or bone cut sites. Um, And now that I I think back, honestly, those first, particularly first two to three weeks, I was so exhausted that I think resting and just having a lot of downtime was the best option anyway. And thankfully, at my four-week checkup, my x-rays looked great. It showed signs of healing. Um, I had the good to go from Dr. Clohissi to start outpatient physical therapy and to start weight-bearing as tolerated on that left leg. So I was so excited to be off that no weight-bearing status. So as of today, I am currently 12 weeks post-op, I guess officially yesterday, And I see Dr. Clohissi for a surgical follow-up next week. 
I'll have to get repeat x-rays and see what he has to say about those and also about where I'm at in surgical recovery. And these visits, they're super exciting. I get very excited to go, but they're also incredibly anxiety provoking. Um, I always pray that the x-rays look good, that everything is continuing to heal, and that there aren't any stress fractures or areas of concern on the x-rays. These are pretty daunting things, and if they do occur, it can definitely challenge the recovery process. So fingers crossed everything looks good on Monday. And pretty much from week four to now, for the last eight weeks, um, I've been going to physical therapy twice a week and working on my exercises at home on the days that I'm not in therapy. And I will say we've been making some pretty good nice steady forward progress and to me it seems slow it does because i think it takes time to progress but <laughs> but my therapist and my husband are super happy with how things have gone and how independent i've become that i'm i'm, I'm very happy with where i'm at right now my visits mainly consist of of both learning strengthening exercises, but also spending a ton of time on um, work on the scar, some scar massage and some manual therapy, which I think has really, really helped with my like muscle tightness that I've been feeling and the stiffness that I've been having. And I think it's also really helped with um, my hip flexion, which is kind of a, a big thing after this surgery. It takes a long time could take a long time to get that back. Um, my PAO scar is about six and a half to seven inches long. And it's a bikini line incision. So it literally is as what it says. It runs along my bikini line. And I have two other smaller incisions on my upper thigh. And those were my uh, hip scope sites. So we've got a couple things to work on, but I'm I'm hopeful to uh, get back to where I need to be. And as of seven days ago, I've not had to use any crutches. I say it like very cautiously because I hope to not have to take those back out, but I still get super fatigued and I carry that right crutch with me just in case. Everywhere I go, it's in my car. I take it with me if I go on an errand or around the house, it's easily accessible. I joke and say that my crutch has become my crutch. Cheesy joke. I know, but I just had to share it. <laughs> but if you're here and you're in the pre-surgery stages um, for PAO, or maybe you went through a PAO recently and you're wondering um, what my recovery has been more in detail or more questions about the surgery itself, reach out to me on Instagram at Mighty Talks and I'd be happy to share more with you. I originally thought that I would get more into the nitty gritty fine details of recovery here today on the episode, but we have so many listeners that have a completely different experience yet somewhat similar and I didn't necessarily think my fine details of recovery would be of ton value to other people, but it doesn't mean I'm not willing to share. So just message me if you would like those details. But this recovery has been incredibly hard. Not only 
was this like a big surgery, but it was also my first surgery. So there were so many things that I didn't know how I would respond to or what to expect. And thankfully with my job as a nurse anesthetist, I am pretty familiar with the operating room and the overall surgical process. But I think knowing all that I do both helps and hurts me. And I say that, you know, just because there's so many fine details that I know that I think that you just don't have to know. It doesn't serve you any purpose as a patient. And it was a big source of anxiety and fear for me. Um, I was super lucky to be surrounded by colleagues that I knew, which helped with that anxiety. And I had my husband uh, there with me. And he was home with me for uh, pretty much the first six weeks after surgery. And uh, looking back, it, it would have been so hard to do this recovery without anybody. And not just hard, but practically impossible. And now that I sit here talking about it with you all, I don't even think practically impossible. I think, at least in my opinion, it would be impossible. He did everything for me. He was my maker and server of food. He put on my CPM machine for me. He had everything out and ready to go when I took a shower. He lifted my leg no short of what felt like <laughs> a million times throughout that first month. He would like don my socks and adjust them five or six times. He cleaned my commode. I mean, I was so helpless. And I would say probably around the seven to eight week mark, I finally felt like I had the ability to care for myself. And I think once I was able to go down to one crutch, it was like game changer, dramatic changes in my independence. And it allowed for my husband to go back to work for an extended period of time. And I don't, don't know if I've mentioned it before, but my husband is a pilot. And for us, that definitely deemed it even more of a challenge in recovery because he's gone sometimes for up to two weeks at a time. So I had to be able to shop, cook, drive, bathe, get to therapy, laundry, all these things of life I had to be able to do and more by myself. And while I've spent this first part of the episode talking about myself and my own surgical experience, I can't help but stress that every recovery from any surgery, any major injury or illness, particularly one of such size, like the one I went through, is such a dynamic process. It's one that leaves you feeling overwhelmed, lonely, defeated, exhausted. It leaves you questioning. And for me, each day was different. One day I was riding the high of a new accomplishment, like ditching a crutch. And then the next day, sad and discouraged because I had increased muscle tightness that left me irritable, tired, and wondering when the process would just end. And I've had the pleasure of going through surgical recovery with many people that I've recently met. Some of these people have had the same surgery that I've had. Others, completely different surgeries. But the one thing that I've found the emotion, the responses, the fears, 
the obstacles, they're all very similar to mine. And it's been nice to know I'm not alone. But recovery is challenging, and in it, we often feel alone. Many people check on us in the immediate post-operative days and weeks. But what happens at two months, three months, maybe four months, six months after surgery? Maybe we're still not back at work because our jobs are too taxing. Or maybe you're like me and your spouse travels a lot for work and you're alone. Or maybe you're like millions of people that have had surgery during COVID. All of these aspects heighten the risk for depression and sadness, anxiety and loneliness, because it further perpetuates the isolation aspect of it all. Each day runs together and, well, most days for me, the main meaning of each day is my hip and its recuperation, which is awesome. I'm glad that I have that. But let me tell you, it leaves you feeling confused about your identity, where you're going, what you're doing. There are so many good days, but there are many bad days. Ones full of stress, worry, anxiety. And let me tell you, if you don't snap those back, those bad days back into perspective, they can perpetuate and go from one day to two days to seven to 14, oh so very quickly. And for me, I have had to force a routine upon myself to bring and to keep a sense of normalcy, which I think has further brought happiness and structure to my life during surgical recovery. I've set a schedule for the day with things to do. I'm visiting family, I'm back in the gym, I try to get to the gym first thing in the morning after I wake up. And being in the gym is different than what it was five years ago. The days now are spent on the upright bike and really working on my physical therapy strengthening and stretching exercises. And I was doing all of these things at home, but just being around other people, interacting, being out of the house, in a new environment has been mentally and emotionally therapeutic. I've made walking outside a normal part of each and every day because the sun in and of itself is just pure happiness. But on those days that have been icky and rainy and nasty, I've, I've worked in some target trips because who doesn't like a little therapeutic Target walking and shopping. I've also found an excellent PT who I can confide in, which for anybody and everybody helps you recover in the most healthy of ways. Your physical therapist is just as important as your orthopedic surgeon, as your psychiatrist, whomever it is, they're just as important. And finding one that you can trust and confide in is incredible incredibly important. And I'm so thankful to be back working with the same one that I was working with before surgery, which helped me just like get right back in the, in the groove of things. And I've also been trying to really 
regularly journal and I'm not super big into journaling. So I'm not here to be like, Oh, I've been journaling for 20 years and I find it so awesome. But my husband recommended it and I was like, eh, I don't know. I don't really want to do it. But I just started one day. I just sat and wrote and I ended up spending an hour journaling that first day. And I was amazed at how helpful it was after surgery and continues to be. I write down achievements as little or big as they may seem. So whether I ditch a crush, uh, crutch or had my first full meal or first day of no nausea, I write down any achievement that seems important to me. I document bad days. I document how I feel, what I'm doing, where I want to be. I write down and set goals. And sometimes these goals, they pan out. Sometimes they don't. The, shoot, one of the hardest things I've had to accept about this whole process has been accepting that sometimes meeting a new goal is about when my body is ready. And no matter how much I will it or force it or whatever else, it just... It is what it is, and I certainly do everything in my power to at least try, but I've come to accept that when my body is ready, the next phase will happen. I've also really tried to eat the most nutritious foods as I possibly can. And this seems so basic, but I think incredibly important. And don't get me wrong, there are days I grab a burger or crave the tacos from our local barbecue joint, but... I have found that I feel better, my mood is better, I know it's better for healing when I'm eating food that's healthy. And finally, I think this last one is a real game changer. And I think sharing how you feel with those around you, what you're going through, I think it changes how you recover. And normally for me, I just deal with things myself because I don't want to burden those around me. But the thing that I've been reminded on the regular the last few months is that you can't do this alone. Repeat to yourself, you cannot do this alone. You can't. Going through a surgical intervention, going through an illness, going through an injury. It takes a team. It takes your medical team. It takes a team of friends and family. It takes a a supportive emotional team. It takes all parties to be on board to make your ship sail appropriately. It does. And if you don't express your needs and how you feel, you're not going to get it. You just won't. People are busy. Everybody has their own things going on. And you have to express your needs and your wants from those on your team. If you need something from work, email a colleague that you trust. If your spouse needs to step up their game, set a schedule, write down what you need, and do what works for both of you. If your kids can chip in, let them. So today, if you are at home and you've had surgery, or maybe you're down and out because you've got a chronic illness that's just beating you up and you're struggling, maybe just try one of these things to start. Maybe try eating healthy. Keep consistent with it. 
add in another thing as it becomes easier. Maybe like the journaling. It's something that you can spend 10 minutes doing each and every day. And I hope this can allow you to find balance and happiness and structure just like it's given me. I think all of these things can improve daily life no matter what your current circumstances are. The hardest thing is adapting to a new normal. And even as the weeks and the months go by, I know my normal is much different than it was last year, than it was three, five, ten years ago. And I initially thought before my surgery that things would bounce back much quicker and easier and I'd be back to normalcy much, much faster. And I think back and I wonder, like, why did I think that? Why did I think that? Because this is huge. I think my biggest issue in that has been comparing my recovery with other people's, comparing my experience with other people's experiences that have been through the same thing. And a big thing that's helped me mentally move past that is decreasing my time on a social media forum that was particularly targeted towards those with hip dysplasia and that have undergone or are about to go through a PAO surgery. And it was it was like the best thing for me before surgery. It helped me be prepared. It helped me ask good questions. It helped me have the items I needed for after surgery. It helped me know what to expect. And I think it was my lifeline. But in this part of recovery, I think it's become a crutch because I've I'll read what other people are achieving and doing. And then I think like, why am I not there? Why am I here? And why am I not? And it makes me worry that I'm behind and I know I'm not behind. It's just my recovery. So that's something I've done to help me be okay with where I'm at. And I finally am okay with my new life post PAO surgery. Instead of looking at myself like a disability or a liability, I look at my scars and see somebody powerful and courageous and pretty awesome. I've accomplished so much prior to all of this, and I can't help but feel that by going through something incredibly painful and difficult, that future accomplishments will be even better. Excellence is earned Overcoming an injury and dealing with a chronic illness, they're incredibly hard and challenging. But I think, I truly think that challenging things, they only make us as individuals and our excellence even better. Life is full of hardship and every day is a choice. A choice to take action to overcome the adversity And while I hope here at Mighty Talks that we can help you dive deep into that abyss and come out with the power to exceed your greatest expectations. Well, all that wraps up this week's episode. I have missed being here with all of you and hope to join in conversation together soon. I hope you have a great week and I'll see you next time.